Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to take a break from our usual format of discussing Beef Watch newsletter articles. Today, we're going to focus on some research being done at Kansas State University, looking at the use of sex-sorted semen in both heifers and cows. And to discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Carol Fike, who's a beef reproductive physiologist based at Kansas State University. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, uh, Aaron. I appreciate uh, you inviting me to, to visit about some of the work we've been doing here. Yeah, I've been interested in seeing some of the research reports that have come out where you've looked at utilizing sex semen and beef cattle, both in heifers and cows, using that with ester synchrony. Uh, share with us some of the studies you've done. What are some things you found and, and what are you looking at now? Yeah, over the past few years, I've been a part of some of these studies that we've conducted in uh, actually in South Dakota at the Odie Ranch. A key collaborator um, on this was uh, Dr. Ken Odie, who was a department head and faculty member here at Kansas State for several years. And so he and his son have a, have a commercial ranch in South Dakota. And so this is where these field trials and studies were conducted because, you know, this is applicable, you know, to and relevant questions to the beef industry at large. And then um, particularly to, to some of the applications that, that his ranch and, and to, again, to the beef industry at large. And so, you know, how can we, uh, you know, evaluating, you know, a larger scale, the application of sex ordered semen, again, across both heifers and cows in a, in a commercial setting. And I think one of the um, more somewhat unique aspects, not that other people haven't done this at all, but looking at use of the Y-sorted semen, so for production of bulls in a commercial setting from a, from a terminal standpoint and, uh, you know, calves in, that are intended then to be sold uh, either as wean calves or feeders and eventually, you know, go to harvest. And how does that, you know, looking at what some of the applications of, of that are as a, as a viable system uh, for commercial producers? I know you've done a number of research studies in this area, so just kind of walk through with us some of the different studies you've looked at and and what's been the the process of that. Yeah, so one of the first ones was just a, a, a field trial, so really kind of observational, um, not not really direct comparisons of of treatments or uh, of particular groups, but we're evaluated use of sex sorted semen in uh, yearling heifers. And then in, in a group of it would have been two-year-old cows and then mature cows. In, in any producer's operation, what are your goals? You know, are you looking to keep replacement heifers? Are you looking to sell calves at weaning? You know, what, what are those production goals? And so similar in this kind of case, you know, we're looking at considering both keeping replacements for the operation and then selling some of the calves at weaning or uh, later on as feeders, um, and so from a more of a terminal standpoint. And so there was a use of both X and Y sorted, sorted semen. The heifers used a MGA prostaglandin synchronization system, which can be a better fit for heifers that are developed in confined situation where a consistent delivery of that MGA uh, those females were bred on asterisk. And so were bred to sorted semen, but also bred on asterisk. And then all three of the groups of cows were used a seven-day co-sync uh, plus cedar asterisk synchronization system. The young cows bred, in this case, an Angus sire, as were the yearling heifers. Uh, and then the mature cows all bred to a Charlay sire, again, looking at that 
that terminal component and use both uh, what we call a split time AI or fixed time AI system. And so where we're trying to, you know, capture, I guess, some of the benefits potentially then obviously of not having to detect estrus, but then um, with the split time AI system, we're inseminating at an appointed time post removal of the cedar and getting prostaglandin, but then given a little bit longer time for potentially some stragglers to, you know, come into estrus. So to capture some additional ones to become pregnant with having two times of AI after the cedar and prostaglandin. And so those were the situations under which we kind of looked at, again, the use of sex-sorted semen. Some of those were for heifers and some of those were for bulls. We ranged from an AI pregnancy rate and the heifers high as uh, 63%. You know, a big part of that is obviously you're dealing with heifers. You're dealing with a very, in this case, a very high estrus response rate. There was very intensive heat detection done on those. And so I think we can, you know, we, we pretty confidently know across a lot of systems that you know, when those females come into estrus, then we have strong indicators of estrus and we're bringing it the appropriate time relative to estrus, you know, that increases our success. In our young and mature cows, those results ranged from 40 to 47% AI pregnancy rate with those sex-sorted semen, which probably the 40 was a little on the a little on the lower side in the 40, 47, 46% in some of the other two groups are uh, somewhat in line with what you see in some of those other studies, uh, you know, just make a, a apples to apples comparisons across you know, what were some of the other synchronization systems that are maybe being used and that you can read in the literature. You know, but a couple things that we were we were interested in evaluating or or just, you know, kind of getting a handle on was, again, use of the Y-sorted semen, the production of bulls. And we didn't put any economics to this, but I think this is what, you know, producers can consider is what is the value of producing a greater percentage of, in this case, bulls are going to turn into steers. And the added value that you get from steer calves that are sold relative to heifers in the total kind of production operation when when they're either sold as calves or if you retain ownership and their greater feed efficiency and average daily gain that you get from from a steer calf relative to heifers. And so, you know, we had greater adjusted weaning weights on those bull calves, which you'd expect. You know, part of that can be attributed to that they were bull calves relative to heifers, some heterosis because we used a charlet on a Angus semental based cow herd. So capturing some heterosis. And so the ability to do that with a an AI system, sex-sorted semen, to be more precise in how you, you know, what you breed, what to. And then they were also, you know, used implants on those steer calves. We could attribute that greater weight to a number of things, probably contributing to that. But, you know, what are the input costs to that? What is the, the relative value and return on that investment? And I think, you know, everybody's got to kind of kind of determine that on their own. You know, did they have the facilities? Did they have the, the ability to to manage an estrus synchronization system? You know, there's added costs to sex-sorted semen and on average, a 10 to 10%, give or take a little bit, 10 to 15% expected reduction in conception rates when we use sex-sorted semen relative to conventional semen. And so, you know, there's give and take, um, you know, but I think potentially there's some value that can be captured, again, dependent on the individual operation and those input costs are and, and what that return on investment could be. You mentioned you've also been looking at some other, 
applications of this as well or some additional studies. How would you see what you're seeing happening with those studies tie into what we've already talked about? Well, one of the other pieces that we looked at in a in another study was, you know, there's been questions about timing of AI relative to estrus when we use sex-sorted semen. And my understanding of just kind of the, the preponderance of evidence is that a later time compared to use of conventional semen, later breeding at a later time post onset of estrus appears to be favorable when we use sex-sorted semen. And so we wanted to look at that in heifers. I mean, I think that the thing, you know, that we have to, again, take into consideration is, you know, some of those evaluations have been not relative to actually knowing onset of estrus. Maybe it's relative to the end of the synchronization program. And so we wanted to do an intensive heat detection on the heifers and actually have a pretty accurate assessment on when the actual onset of estrus was, and then um, retrospectively evaluate what was that length of time between onset of estrus and when they were bred, and did we have a an indication of favorability to a shorter time relative to estrus or a longer time relative to estrus in terms of conception rates? From our study, again, in these in these. Uh, crossbred heifers, it appears that the we have three groups, uh, three outcome groups on this. So they were either bred about 12 and a half to about 16 hours after o- onset of estrus, and then about 16 to 21 hours after onset of estrus, and then 21 to 28 hours or so after onset of estrus. And there was a much higher um, AI pregnancy rate. So in this case, and get this was relatively small numbers, but the statistics still bear that out to be significant. So a nearly 76% AI pregnancy rate when they were bred the 21 to 28 hours post estrus, post onset of estrus, as compared to being bred at the 12 to 16 hours post estrus. And so that fits in line with some other studies that have been done in a little bit different ways that maybe didn't pinpoint as closely the onset, the, the actual onset of estrus, but later time of using sex-sorted semen, we get that a little closer to when ovulation is ap- actually happening, then it appears that we have a little bit better success. We know that there's some compromised quality, I guess, of, of the actual physiology of and the, the, the qualities of those sperm that have been sorted. And so having it and, and that may be affecting their, their lifespan and their fertile lifespan. And so having them deposited and being nearer to the on to when actual ovulation is going to happen appears to be favorable. And that's what, that's what it looks like. Our study bared that out um, when we were looking at that in heifers. How are you identifying the onset of estrus in that study? So in that study, they actually doing a combination of use of EstroTech patches and visual uh, observation about every four hours and so round the clock. And so they were still breeding, you know, kind of morning and night, but we knew more precisely when onset of estrus was. So that's that's the key part there. So, you know, because we know it's not practical to breed, you know, time round. But when we push that to being later and knew precisely the onset of estrus, because we know we know ovulation is about 30 hours after the onset of estrus. But we don't always precisely know when onset of estrus is. And so this is what we were we were getting a better handle on by detecting more intensely about every four hours. Um, and then combination of use of EstroTech patches to determine when 
when that onset was. And so then that's how we were able to kind of retrospectively kind of analyze what was that actual interval and which one favored those better conception rates. Any other studies that you think tie into what we've already talked about and thinking about the application of the use of sex semen? One of the more recent studies, again, was when we were we were using some comparisons. It was actually the seven and seven and seven sync with fixed time AI uh, and the seven day cosync with uh, with fixed time AI in both two year old and mature cows. And the idea on the on the seven and seven sync that's a, a fourteen day seeder with a prostaglandin at the the front end and the beginning of of that synchronization program and then a GnRH midway, so seven days before you pull the cedar. And the idea in general on that is that we're maybe more precisely controlling ovarian follicle development so as to have more synchrony in timing of ovulation at the end of the synchronization system for that fixed time AI. And Others have shown that to have some success with that, both sex-sorted semen and, and conventional semen. In our study, when we use sex-sorted semen with the uh, mature cows, um, we did not see any difference in AI pregnancy rate, any statistical difference, but um, we did have a numerical favorability to the 7 and 7 sink at a little over 52% AI pregnancy rate. Uh, and the seven-day cosine uh, plus cedar was a, uh, in the mid-40s, about a 45% um, AI pregnancy rate. But when we looked at the, we looked at that application in the two-year-old cows, we only had a uh, 33% success rate with the seven and seven sink compared to the seven-day cosine, which was about a 57% uh, AI pregnancy rate. We speculate, you know, that, that the time frame that this was done, we had, we had some challenges in especially with those two-year-olds and with some drought situation and, and the pasture situation where we were probably losing body condition. And we already know, you know, the two-year-olds were are, are a challenge in that regard and in just term, terms of the, um, the stresses they're undergoing as they're still growing themselves. And, um, and then we, you know, we add on top of that the pasture maybe challenges where weren't as favorable during the season that they were being, the study was being done maybe as compared to some other years. And so while we didn't specifically look at this, we suspect that we probably had a greater percentage of those females when we were entering this onset of the synchronization program that were actually not cyclic. And we, we don't have, you know, the actual evidence of that, but that's, that's what we suspect. And we know that I think from other studies that, that, you know, in any case, cyclicity favorable, but when we use a progestin-based synchronization system, that that can help us with success rates compared to just a straight, say, prostaglandin synchronization. But I think with these multiple challenges, we had that poorer outcome with the with the seven and seven sync than we anticipated, um, and uh, we don't know exactly how to explain that, but that might have been uh, might have been contributing to that poor outcome, but as compared to in the mature cows. So obviously, as you mentioned, that when you're using ester synchronization, whether it's with a traditional semen or sex semen, there's so many factors that need to be right and so many things need to be in place for success. So as producers are thinking about utilizing AI, which I think some considering it more now with the opportunity to use fixed time AI, as you think about then now also the potential application of using sex semen, 
What are some things you would encourage producers really to consider and evaluate before they jump in and try it? I think that, uh, you know, these are these are all really, really great and applicable tools, you know, whether that be our synchronization programs, whether that be use of sex semen, but they're not silver bullet, right? They're, they're not going to necessarily help overcome, um, you know, challenge, maybe there's, you know, there's nutritional challenges and, and things like that. So I think we see success and can see reasonable potential economic outcomes, again, with, okay, what are my input costs? How am I marketing my calves? What is my, if we're using sex semen, what is, what is the value of heifers? What am I trying to do? And am I trying to expand the herd and I need more replacement heifers? Am I selling all calves at weaning and they're going into, you know, a terminal kind of situation? And so then, so then being able to sort out the value of steers versus heifers and, you know, how, you know, what are your goals in your production operation? But when we got to take those all things, those things into consideration, it, the use of sex semen or the use of estrogen synchronization program, if you don't already have some good performance outcomes with just regular AI use with estrus detection or with uh, not use of sex semen and we're using a synchronization program and we, we have marginal outcomes, perhaps if there's, you know, some health challenges or some nutritional challenges to overcome, then these tools necessarily um, going to, you know, help solve those issues. And so, but I think we can definitely see that there's been in, improvements with some of the sorting processes in sex semen. We have more and more uh, availability of sorted semen on a wider variety of bulls. And that may be, you know, even though that's greater than it was, say, five or 10 years ago, you know, it may be that we have some bulls that we know that don't withstand that sorting process. And, you know, it isn't viable to have that that sorted semen on the bull we would like it on. And so those are just situations that we have to that we have to deal with and, and work around. But if we already have evidence of success and reasonable outcomes of conception rates um, with just AI period or with a standard synchronization system, that then the use of fixed time AI, the use of sort of semen within that then can have some real some real benefits. And so I think they're definitely um, tools to look at that are that can be applicable and beneficial for for the commercial producer thanks for taking the time to share the research you've done today i i really appreciate it uh, i think these studies that you know take some of these technology and then apply it on a commercial scale it helps give perspective on then how might this be applied by cattle producers yeah yeah i think uh we have these tools but being able to you know have some have some field trials and studies that are done, again, over time to be able to demonstrate under what situations that we can have success, what are challenges are still out there that we still need to continue to investigate and and um, refine, refine some of these tools and in what situations they will be um, useful and applicable. And then individual producers making individual decisions about how that fits or doesn't fit into their goals and their production systems is is a really important part of that. And I think as a whole, you know, we're we're making some really neat progress in my time in in the beef cattle industry. And, and I think about the use of sex semen, the use of fixed time AI. There's really just kind of come the use of the cedar has really just kind of come about widespread and and will continue to make progress. Um, and we'll continue to have additional tools and 
so that's the exciting piece. But like anything, we gotta we gotta make we gotta make judgments and and um, we have to have a have a real clear what our own individual goals are and what our own individual production systems and facilities and to decide how we're going to implement uh, implement these tools for our benefit. Well, thanks again for joining me today. You bet, Aaron. I've enjoyed it. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to contact Carol Fike. Again, she's a reproductive physiologist based at Kansas State University.